Hello, and welcome to People of the Pod, brought to you by American Jewish Committee. Each week, we take you beyond the headlines to help you understand what they all mean for America, Israel, and the Jewish people. I'm your host, Manya Brashear-Pashman. Bruce Pearl is a Division I college basketball coach on a mission, both on and off the court. This summer, Coach Pearl, who is Jewish, took his Auburn University men's basketball team to Israel on a first-of-its-kind birthright for college basketball. They played against Israeli national teams, had a basketball clinic with star player Tamir Goodman, and visited sites across Israel, including Yad Vashem, the Western Wall, the Mount of Olives, and the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. My colleague Dove Wilker, regional director of AJC Atlanta, sat down with Coach Pearl for a discussion about being a passionate pro-Israel Jew at a large Southern university. Dove, the mic is yours. Well, thank you, Manya and Coach Pearl. Welcome to People of the Pod. That's great to be with you, Dove. We're very excited. It's such an honor to have you with us. I, uh, just by way of background, I was actually a manager for the uh, men's basketball team at the University of Miami in uh, the early aughts. So I'm a huge college basketball fan and couldn't be more honored to have this opportunity with you today. We've walked the same moccasins then. <laughs> I think so. I think so. So, uh, you know, just to get us started, Coach Pro, we'd love to know about sort of your story, the importance of Judaism to you, the importance of Israel, and sort of how all of this came together. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I was born in 1960. And so that sort of gave me a little bit of an advantage, you know, in this sense. Obviously, it was 15, 16 years after the gates were open where I came to learn that six million of my brothers and sisters were murdered because of how they prayed, because they were Jewish, because they went to temple like my family went to. I learned the story of my grandparents coming over here and fleeing the persecution of Eastern Europe and leaving places like Turnipole and Warsaw uh, and Odessa to be able to come to America and live this American dream, this American dream that I'm living as a Jewish basketball coach in Auburn, Alabama, who is eternally grateful to God and this country, the United States of America, and the people here in this community for loving on a Jewish basketball coach. Boy, how times have changed in many ways, and I'm grateful, even though we know that there's a lot of anti-Semitism that's still out there that is unacceptable. And you know what? I had a background. I had a foundation. I went to Hebrew school. I was bar mitzvahed. And if I was going to do anything to encourage the Jewish community, it's, look, my four children have been bar mitzvahed. Could I have done a better job with their Jewish education? Yes, I probably could, but I'm not done. I'm still working on it. We're responsible as parents and grandparents to teach our children. That's why the story of Passover has lived so long. You know, teach it to your children, and, and, and we need to continue to do that. So, Coach, with that in mind, you really were teaching it to the children of your players, of your team. So how did the impetus for the trip to Israel come about? Well, you know, for me, Dove, Jerusalem and or religion should be things that bring all peoples together. Like the Abraham is the father of all nations. Isaac and Ishmael, it all started there. And so whether or not things worked out well between brothers or not, they were still brothers. And Abraham is still their father. And so that connects us. That doesn't divide us. And so the inspiration, bringing my players over there, trying to bring my team together, most of my guys, our culture and our foundation is here doing the things that God might bless. What is our character? 
I'm working with young people. It's not just about basketball. What kind of sons they want, what kind of friends they want to be, what kind of teammates they're going to be, what kind of citizens they're going to be. Those are all things that are taught in the Bible, not just can they set a screen or can they make a shot. And so that's kind of what we do as teachers and coaches, and there's no better place to do it and see it than Israel. So, Coach, on, on that note, did you get any pushback when you announced either from players' parents or from the university or perhaps the basketball community at large about the prospect of this trip? It hadn't been done in a long time. UConn went over there because it had some Israeli players, as you know, but no Power 5 team had ever gone. I'd been to Israel in the Maccabi games. I've seen the quality of professional basketball in Israel is really, really good. You got the United States number one in the NBA, but then Israel, Spain, Italy, they're right up there. And so for my guys, most of my guys got a chance to play professionally, but not in the NBA. So I actually wanted them to see what a cool place that potentially could be. The only pushback we got was from an organization called CARE. And the organization had something to do with Islamic civil rights. So when you put the term civil rights in an organization, it obviously jumps out at you. And so right before our trip to Israel, this organization that called us out asked us not to go. And if we were going to go because of the apartheid state and because of Israel being a civil rights abuser. And, you know, we knew it was coming. Our players did bring it up because it was on social media. But we had done a lot in the way of educating them in advance that something like this might happen. And we obviously taught them both from a biblical standpoint the history of the Middle East, and particularly Judea and Palestine and Israel, and how the land's been, you know, fought over for many, many years. Bottom line, it's God's land, period, the end. I got asked by the media about it, and I said about whether I was going or who I was talking to or what we were going to be doing. I said, look, we went to Italy six years ago. You didn't ask me any of these questions. Why are you asking me these questions about Israel? Crickets. They didn't have a word to say other than, you know, this one organization kind of brought it up. Yeah. Well, and, and I understand also that not only did you meet with some of the Israeli basketball folks, but you also met with some of the Palestinian basketball folks as well. Yeah, we went to Bethlehem and we had a wonderful tour of Bethlehem. Of course, it was very important to my Christian players to see Jesus's you know, birthplace. And so we did that. And our tour guide was a Greek Orthodox Christian Palestinian basketball coach. And we developed a nice friendship, and he did a wonderful job. And it continues to give me hope that peace through prosperity and normalization of relations are possible. Yeah, that's really powerful, Coach. You know, I'm curious, I was following on social media a lot of the Twitter and Instagram posts from a bunch of your players, so I'm wondering what the experience was like for them. What was a highlight, I guess, for them? For them. Well, one of the highlights was the Dead Sea because they got to play and they're kids. So they floated and they threw mud at each other and they were kids. They love the food. You know, you get up in the morning and the breakfasts are incredible. The fruits and the vegetables are so fresh. And the breads, you know, obviously the challah, you know, and the, I think they love the people. I think they were a little surprised at the diversity of the people, of all the different shapes and colors. And they realized many of the Israelis are people of color, like them, like most of my players. And so I think that it was eye-opening from that standpoint you know, Jerusalem always delivers because it looks like you thought it would look. And the fact that you were able to be in the same places that Jesus was, where he was born, 
where he celebrated the holidays in Jerusalem, where he grew up and performed his miracles in the Sea of Galilee, it definitely tied things together for our players for sure. You know, Coach, I'm, I'm curious, you were there during the recent conflict between Israel and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. And what sort of impact did that have on the team, right? I don't know if you saw the Iron Dome in action, but you probably had to go into bomb shelters or the Hall stairwell at some point in time. Well, you know, it was very interesting. First of all, we felt safe the entire time. The entire time we felt safe. And thank God for the Iron Dome. And, you know, there are tens of thousands of United States citizens living and working every day in Israel. Tens of thousands. The Auburn basketball team happened to be part of that group. So the U.S. taxpayer dollars, which has gone to fund Iron Dome to help protect the United States as one of its greatest allies, the state of Israel, those tax dollars were at work protecting citizens. Yeah, we did have to make sure the guys understood that if there was some sort of alarm or siren that went off at the hotel, they would go to the stairway uh, and get in the stairwells and get away from the windows. We actually heard the pops and saw some of the puffs of smoke on the beaches of Tel Aviv as rockets were being destroyed in the air. And in the southeast, we get bad weather. And the TV comes up and it flashes and we get a siren and we go downstairs and we take shelter in case of a hurricane or a tornado. And that's sort of how we treated this attack. Life went on. And I think it was really good for our guys to see that life goes on in spite of some of the hatred that still exists. Yeah, it's an excellent point, Coach. I'm based in Atlanta. I cover the whole Southeast. You live in Auburn, Alabama, very much the deep South. And I'm curious, you know, as a very proud Jewish person who has been coaching in the South for a long time, how have you seen the evolution towards Jews overall, but particularly in the places where you coach and the players that you bring to your programs? You know, Dove, you know, growing up in Boston, again, in the 60s and the early 70s, I saw force busing. That was in the early 1970s. And Judge Garrity had a great idea of trying to integrate the schools in the city of Boston. I think he meant well, but it created a lot of conflict at that time. And Boston had great ethnic neighborhoods and or ghettos. And there was just places I grew up as a Jewish person that you just simply didn't want to be at night. Or I knew my black friends didn't want to be there at night. Or the Irish wouldn't want to be over in the North End. Or the North Enders Italians wouldn't want to be over there in the South. There were battle lines that were drawn. And I never understood that. I never understood it as an athlete. Because an athlete, we were shirts and skins. We picked teams. Could you guard? Could you make a shot? Who cared what color you were or how you pray? We just didn't care. But everybody else seemed to care, and they cared a lot. You know, when you go to a Christian service, most evangelical Christian service, they read out of the Old Testament. They speak of Israel. They talk of Jesus as being Jewish and being a rabbi. You grow up in the northeast part of the country and you, where there's mostly Catholicism, and this is not a criticism of Catholicism, but this is to point out where the services are different. They're not talking about Jesus as a Jew. They're not reading from the Old Testament. You wouldn't even know the two are tied together, but the only thing I grew up knowing where Catholicism and Judaism had something in common was when the Jews killed their God, killed Jesus. That's what I grew up with. I grew up having to put my hands up and fight many times in my young life because I was accused, my people were accused of killing Jesus. That's not what the evangelical Christian church is teaching for the most part in the South. It just isn't. Somebody said this to me the other day. I can't take this as mine 
but I'm going to share it with you. When we're talking about why is there a rise in anti-Semitism right now? Why is there just so much willingness, just some, some open violence? Just see a, a rabbi or a chassid walking down the street, a learned man. My goodness gracious, if a group of priests were walking down the street and they, you know, they had their hands together or they're holding a Bible, you would revere them. You'd stop. You'd move over to the side. You'd ask God to bless them. You'd respect them as learned men and priests. But when a group of Jewish men walk down the street, they're like a target. I don't get that. Here's what was said. In times when the world was troubled, it was never a good time for the Jews. I think that's interesting. In times of worldwide difficulties, I think that's when anti-Semitism seems to raise its ugly head. And so whether it right now it's inflation or recession or gas price or food prices or defund the police or, you know, racism, it's there's a lot of tension going on right now, political division. That's not a good time for the Jewish people. I cannot agree with you more. We actually just, AJC, launched a new call to action, a nonpartisan call to action to combat anti-Semitism in all spheres of society. We're facing it everywhere in, you know, government and business and the community. Religiously, it's, it's, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. You know, Coach, I'm curious, you're a coach at a Power Five conference. You took this very visible trip to Israel. You are very visible on social media with your support for Israel and the Jewish people. How does this influence perhaps the decision of other coaches to take their teams abroad? Well, a couple of things on that. I want to get to one thing, and I want to go back to the decision to go abroad and go to Israel again. You know what? When I'm out there on social media, and I'm obviously conservative, Obviously, I'm Jewish, and I wear it on my sleeve, and I love our country, United States, would give my life for our country. And I would also give my life for the state of Israel, the history of my people. There's risks, there's risks in recruiting, because there's still a lot of profile, still, you know, do you want to play for a Jewish basketball coach? Well, guess what? This Jewish basketball coach has a full-time minister on our staff with Bible study, and we're teaching the way my players believe they're Christians. And we pray before our meals. And yes, a Jewish basketball coach can lead some of that. But it's not always the most popular thing. You can be a pretty big target. If I wasn't able to be, thank God, successful, could I pull this off? I don't know. Could I keep my job? I keep my job because I'm able to win. So there's a real challenge there. But you know what? When we say never again, and we say that we're going to, you know, what can we do? I'm not going to take up arms never again. That's not what I can do. So what can we do? You know what we can do as Jews? We can live a good life. We can be an unbelievable neighbor. We can be philanthropic, charitable, decent, kind, loving, supportive, patient, tolerant. We can do all the things that the Bible teaches us to do. And again, allow that light to shine on us. We need to be able to convince the minds of those that don't already hate us. Because the ones that already hate us, they're not going to stop hating us. It's indoctrinated. It's been taught. We've got to deal with that. But there's a lot of young people or a lot of people out there that may be open-minded. Let's give them something to see that they would say, you know what? That interaction was extremely positive. And that's what I'm trying to do to the best of my abilities. Other teams going to Israel, I've been all over the world with my teams. And they've been fabulous. They've all been great trips. This is the best trip I've ever taken. Because it's God's holy land. Every player has a different level of a connection themselves. Their maturity level spiritually is very varied, but almost every one of them has somebody in their family that reads the Bible every day. 
Almost every one of them has an aunt or a grandmother or an uncle, somebody in their family that went to Israel through them. And that was powerful. And you really can't almost do that anywhere else in the world. And so the basketball's good. It's very safe and very secure. It's a great place to play professionally. And yes, did this Jewish basketball coach, when you ask Israelis as a Jewish American, what can we do? What can we do to support you, Israel? We're out here in the diaspora. What can we do? They all say the same thing. Come visit. Come stay. Come eat with us. Bring a friend. Come back. It's all they want. And so that's what I'm committed to doing. I'm committed every August to trying to bring some college basketball teams over to Israel. I'm committed every May to work with a Christian group, JH Israel. They've got a facility in Ariel, in Samaria. And USIEA, US Israel Educational Association, I'm on their board. And we bring Christians and Jews there every May. And we have for the last two or three years. And I'm committed to doing it every year. Israel always delivers. That's incredible, Coach. I mean, just to hear you say that, all the different groups that you're affiliated with, but also the willingness to bring them every year, I think is a really powerful message. So I, I thank you. But before we close, I've got a few rapid fire questions for you. So, okay. Favorite Southern food? <laughs> Probably barbecue. <laughs> okay. All barbecue. All, all of it. Okay. I'm not going to ask you to share your favorite place, though. That would be sacrilegious, I think. Correct. Your favorite Zionist thinker? Wow. God, I love so many of them. I mean, Golda Meir, probably, if I had to pick one, she was way ahead of her time. I mean, from Milwaukee, and you coached in Milwaukee, so, like, you got a nice connection there? The Golda Meir Library on the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee campus, you know, she said so many amazing things, including if, you know, Israelis or Jews put their guns down, they'd be dead. But if the Arabs put their guns down, there could be peace. I still believe this peace is possible. Three more. Favorite Jewish holiday? Oh, Passover is probably my favorite because, you know, I love fried matzah. I love the seders and telling the story every year. March Madness typically falls during Passover, so. It does. You know, sometimes it's tough or during a Final Four. All right. Uh, favorite basketball player? My favorite player? Yeah, your favorite player. Uh, I guess Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird. Okay. All right. That's fair. Favorite sport that's not basketball? Football. Love football. Well, uh, War Eagle, Coach, thanks very much for, for joining us today. It was a real honor. And I hope to see you either in Auburn or in Atlanta or somewhere doing the good work that you're doing and hoping for a successful season for you. Come visit us. I appreciate your willingness to help me serve. And thank you for the job that you do, Dove. Don't miss last week's tribute episode with former Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto, where we discuss the community's response to the Tree of Life Synagogue shooting in October 2018. Thank you for listening. This episode is brought to you by AJC. Our producer is Atara Lakritz. Our sound engineer is TK Broderick. You can subscribe to People of the Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or learn more at ajc.org slash peopleofthepod. The views and opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect the positions of AJC. We'd love to hear your views and opinions or your questions. You can reach us at peopleofthepod at ajc.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to tell your friends, tag us on social media with hashtag peopleofthepod, and hop on to Apple Podcasts to rate us and write a review to help more listeners find us. Tune in next week 
for another episode of People of the Pod.